Welcome back to your Internet Uncle's Podcast. Today we're talking about almost the end. A lot of times I think of myself as a failure due to my poor self-esteem and constant negative feedback from life and my old man, even now actually. So more on the life side, it's been a struggle to understand why I haven't found a job. I, I don't get any clear reasons. I've actually gone over this with Beardsley. He's kind of gone through everything. And you know, it just makes me think more and more how worthless I am. And you know, it's kind of led me into a funk. And I've been uh, in a similar funk before. And I was in the summer of 2007 where I almost took my own life. Hence, you know, the failure of dying even. You know, failure of taking my own life. Haha. <laughs> uh, I was having a lot of problems then. I'd just been married. I'd just been living with the ex for just over a year. You know, we had a lot of issues. She didn't like to resolve things, even throughout the rest of the marriage. Oh, and uh, on a side note, I've finally, we both finally signed a divorce paper, so it just has to be processed in the court. So I feel com comfortable talking about it now, not having it get messed up because, you know, publications, publication of stuff. Any case, uh, marriage was not what I expected. You know, and I had, you know, didn't have like, you know, fancy fairy tale dreams and stuff. I had real world relationships I could look to, you know, and base things off of. And that included Big Head and Dennis. Uh, some other people I was friends with at the time, but probably shouldn't have because a lot of them, their marriages failed too, actually. And I'm not friends with them anymore. And my parents' own marriage had failed. I wonder why did I get married again? Oh yeah, because I'm dumb. Any case, so we would get into arguments. Sometimes she would lock herself in the washroom and cry herself to sleep. Then she wouldn't talk to me for weeks or a couple months at a time. It is grating. Uh, you know, at various points, you know, got help, for, tried to get help from, you know, not just like my family and my mom, but her family tried to resolve things and she got mad and said, don't bring other people into her. Uh, our business right and it's like well you, I think I threw it back in her face you know you're not trying to solve anything so you know I'm trying to keep myself sane and you know that's why I'm going outside said help you know I eventually at the end of our relationship I did the same thing and she was more worried about you know presenting a good look externally as opposed to actually resolving issues so that's one of the reasons why I got divorced. That and the cheating. The cheating was the big one. The alleged cheating, because I never have any evidence. But when you don't come home for five days out of seven, right, and you're, you're saying you're sleeping your sisters, but your sister won't, you know, get back to me saying where you actually are. Kind of sus. Any case. You know, it wasn't just marriage issues. You know, we had just bought a house. You know, things were looking lean. I wasn't making that much. And, you know, she wasn't working at all. And, you know, she had things she would like to buy. And she liked to eat out. She didn't like to cook. All right, so finances were kind of tight. All right, adding some additional stress. And I transferred from Swan Hills back to Edmonton within the same company. And I, when I transferred, it was under the understanding that I'd be in like an advisor or a coordinator role, not a management role. I was tricked into taking on a management role. 
and instead of quitting because like I you know needed a job and I didn't want to look for things because things were already pretty stressful, I said, "Well, fine, I'll just do it." I had two direct reports, right? One of them quit while I was away at a conference, so that started a whole additional stress. The other guy had a wedding planned in England, everything was booked, so I actually had to do both of their jobs for a, period, for a couple months as I was looking for a replacement. So, you know, that was kind of stressful enough, but the job, the my bosses, the plant managers were cunts, plain and simple. Right, like they would yell not just at me, yell at anyone who is late for work, like even by like a minute or two. Despite the fact that you know there was a rail line, it's changed now. They when they rebuilt the Hendy out east there, they changed. It used to be that there was only one way in and out of our location, and it was could be blocked by a train. And you know the trains because they're, they're national, they have their own. They have a lot of privileges that. You know, even municipalities can't can't uh, violate, right? They could do. They really just do whatever the fuck they want, including blocking the way in and out, right? Half an hour, forty-five minutes at a time, right? Because I got the why don't you come in earlier? I did. I left an hour earlier to get to work on time because you keep yelling at me, you fucker, and I'm still late because these assholes blocked the train and you're like yelling at me on the phone as I'm staring at a train. I'm holding up the phone so you can hear them move shuffle cars back and forth keeping us in you know or keeping us out rather so that wasn't just the end of that shenanigans with the boss so as I was trying to find a replacement worker obviously you know, it's best if I could get someone to transfer in from a different department because they know what's going on you know they just get trained up on different responsibilities and every person I tried to hire the plant managers would fuck with me like they would change their shifts they would find write them up for sometimes i'm guessing fictitious issues or issues they used to let slide and now it became an instant issue because they were trying to transfer to my department get away from those assholes so all those guys eventually quit i also got assigned additional responsibilities that are outside of my job as environmental manager including health and safety responsibilities even though we had a health and safety manager i was one of the big ones is i was a radiation safety officer Right? I didn't question it because it was like, I'm one of those guys who's just like, okay, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Right? I still have the attitude now, and that the attitude isn't getting me a job. You know, it's easily abused. It has been. I've reflected on it, but that's a different podcast. Right? I had, I'm sure I had other things dumped on me. I try not to, I guess I'm trying to block it out. And I often get lectured, you know, for not doing my job well, even though I admit, I've been trained as a supervisor, but not as a manager, right? And you think, well, what's the difference? It's like there's a world of difference between, you know, trying to control a small group of people, but as a manager, you're trying to control a bigger group of people, a department, and also, you know, look after finances as well, which I really hadn't gotten any training on. Good stuff. Any case, so you're like, well, John. Did you try counseling? It's like, yeah, I fucking did, right? You know, I tried the employee assistance programs. They, their assistance is limited because they're generalists. They can only talk to you for a little bit. They don't know your full situation. You're booking time with counselors. You know, I'm just busy with work, busy with family. How can you squeeze it in, right? And my ex being Viet, right, there's a stigma 
on any kind, anything to do with psychological stuff because they just think you're crazy. There's no nuance, right? It's fucked in the head. So that was the build-up. And so after a year of this bullshit, I had fucking had enough, right? Tried to OD on pills. I was going to go die outside in the community park. Very nice of me, you know, let the kids find my body in the morning. But I didn't die. Part of me wanted to live. I don't fucking know why. To this day, I was like, why didn't I finish the jobs? Sometimes I think about it a little too seriously. We'll get into that. So, you know, part of me dragged myself back in front of my, my house, called 911. And I ended up there. I, you know, to continue the uh, further outlining of why my boss is a fucking asshole. So I powered off my phone and, you know, when I... I carried it with me, so when, you know, as an hospital, I powered it on, I had, like, angry voicemails demanding where I was. So I finally called back and said, I'm in the hospital. And his tune changed a little bit. Right? Uh, they called the ex, right? She came and found me in tears. She had been riding the bus all around, so he trying to find me, right? Realizing she had fucked up. So for a few months, things were good, but after that, I just went all to hell again. In any case, I, I didn't die. And I don't know if people talk about, you know, they're, I'm sure there's like, mo like motivational speakers or whatever, like that may have talked about this, but after a suicide attempt, right, there's mandatory counseling with the hospital, the counsel, the psychiatrist, just signed me pills. She kind of talked to me generally and said, you know, you need more in-depth help. Like, and, you know, it's kind of like the start of my journey to, you know, fixing my issues, right? It's been 14 years, and I think I might be coming around to it. But of late, uh, that might be derailed. Hence uh, why I've kind of brought this up now. Uh, your insurance policy uh, premiums go up because, you know, you have additional risk factors. You also get a free pass to change jobs because I asked for a transfer, and I got out of that shithole. It literally was a shithole. And I transferred into consulting, and that's how I began my journey into consulting. There, there were issues around that I didn't realize till recently, but that's also a different podcast. In any case, if reflecting on it, if I had died, you know, I would have missed out on a number of things. One was getting suckered into paying for a guy to marry, quote unquote my ex-sister-in-law and help her immigrate here and they he eventually you know they eventually settled and he gave the money back only for the ex to take it and blow it on fuck knows whatever again no reason for the divorce and you think well how's that a positive the positive came in the form of her two first two sons because for the first few years because it was you know one of these sham marriages right so she lived with us you know so i got to grow up with you know babies and toddlers and infants in the house which my ex didn't provide right because she didn't want kids she might have kids now right i don't fucking know she lives in grand prairie <laughs> she lives in that shithole she can stay there so i so i'm gonna just make this thing i drove her out of the house and i drove her out of edmonton get bent <laughs> and so the boys will there'll be a, a podcast just around them because 
Now, I love them. I love them to this day. They're not my sons, right? There may be uh, some suspicions that they are my sons, right? They're, they're not, right? But, you know, people perceive whatever, right? Because there are times like their family was more worried that they would see me more as their dad than their actual biological dad. But hey, you know, that's what happens when you're working all the time. My, that's what happened with me and my old man until he broke his back. You know, I got to travel to Seattle with Beardsley and and his wife. Uh, she was pregnant at the time, and, and they they also forgot it was my birthday. Like the second day on our trip, right? It was our birthday. We got ID'd, right? And uh, you know, the server wished me happy birthday, and they're both stunned that they had forgot. I honestly don't care, right? Just a sign of mortality. It's just funny to see the look on their faces, though. But the can't remember if I recorded one, but uh, there will be a podcast on that. You know, heading to Russia, we talked about going to Mexico in the last couple of years, and you know, seeing the sights there. The Expanse mm-hmm. books and TV series, you know, probably the best hard sci-fi series ever, right? I and I and that's not even hyperbole. There's probably more. I just can't think of anything because. One, my head up is my up my own ass because I'm in a funk, and because I've been in a funk, nothing. There's nothing positive in my mind, and that's gotten me back, unfortunately, on the path of you know wanting to punch my own ticket. Right? You know, there's no raison d'être, no joie de vie, right? And beers in. Dennis have kind of hammered it's like hey you gotta find something that makes you happy doesn't you know fuck the job search or whatever right and honestly I can barely get out of the bed in the morning and it's only because of my discipline that you know I eat properly I don't drink I do all the right things to help improve my mental and emotional condition you know I hit the gym this morning I just went for a walk but you know it's better than nothing and part of it of late is that it's not just like the frustration with the job search because whatever the job market is the job market. So I come into the realization, you know, especially for my old man, that, and you know, this is confirmed by my current shrink, is that you know, no one can help you on your journey through your mental issues. They can provide support, they can provide guidance, or you know, in the case of my old man, they can you know, get pissy with you that, you know, you're frustrated you doing all these things and just, you know, not want to bother talking to you. So there's that. And just generally in life, because no, no one has time to deal with your shit. And right. That's fair. Right. Well, that's not fair. And it's one of those things you, just, you know, it's like, it sucks. That you got to you tough it out. But at the same time, you know, it's, that's reality and it's hard. Right. And if you're in a better state, you just kind of let it roll off the shoulder, make water off a duck's back, and you're in a rougher shape like I am, it feels like you're just being attacked all the time. It feels no one's on your side. It feels, you know, brings up the question, why am I even bothering? Why the fuck are you in here? And, you know, in spite of that, you know, and not wanting to do something which I call the ultimate selfishness, because suicide is selfish, and anyone who tries to romanticize it, say, fuck you. Big fuck you. All right? 
because suicide is selfish. Because I like why Buddhism tries to teach you and to disconnect from everything. We are all connected, right? Even if you know you get abandoned, you're an orphan, you still have connection to people in who come in and out of your life, right? Even the random person you just bump into on the street, right? And then the people you do care about, you punch your own ticket. How badly will you hurt them? Even if you think, oh, they won't miss me. They're too busy dealing with their own stuff. Yeah, but it's not like, you know, they won't miss you, right? And so that's the key for me. You know, I can't think of anything really positive. You know, I have reasons to stay. You know, big one is my mom. You know, when I had my stroke, she was pretty devastated, right? How close I was, you know, and the doctors didn't help because the type of stroke I had, right? It's one that commonly causes death, right? So they were very negative, uh, my prognosis, right? And, you know, that's why my mom calls me every day just to make sure I'm alive, right? You, you know, my old man, even though, like, you know, he, sometimes he, uh, you know, he sometimes he realizes or, like, he doesn't understand, right? Because it... And, you know, my, that's why my bro would say, like, you know, uh, give him a break. I'm like, fuck off. No. Right? I've given everyone enough breaks in life. Right? And I've gotten nothing. You know, not that I have not, nothing but grief for it, but that's what it feels like. But still my old man. My bro. You know, hanging around for them. My family. Right? Includes Beardsy and his family. You know, Dennis and Big Head. Oh, sorry, Dennis. The event's running. I thought I'd turn off the goddamn fans, but... Apparently not. But, you know, that's really... I can't list much more. It's like, you know, I can probably list fluffy things like, oh, seeing sunrises on, you know, the dawn of a new day. Fuck all that shit, right? That's where I, that's the pit I'm in right now. You know, I have no more hope. Whether it's looking for a job or, you know, starting a family... And it's like, oh, you're never going to find anyone with that. You say, yeah, you're goddamn right, I won't. <laughs> but, you know, so I just live life, you know, mechanically right now. Fulfilling responsibility and doing that includes keeping myself alive, keeping myself healthy. You know, maybe, maybe there is part of me that does hope. Like, you know, I keep doing these right things that things will get better. Doesn't I don't feel like it now, but, you know, maybe... <laughs> Later down the road, while I'm still doing this podcast, like, and I can reflect back, it's like, yeah, that was a dark time, but glad we continued through, glad we persevered. Who knows? But really, you know, maybe it's just trying to find a bit of peace in this world. And even that, you know, the growing apathy, the malaise that's kind of tainting everything in my mind and my emotions. I'm gonna say so. I'm not gonna be that fucking dramatic, but it's yeah, you know, it's tiring. All of this, and you know maybe maybe I can find that peace. I should be able to. You know, there's conditions are right in spite of the challenges. They're really not that big of a challenge, right? But you know, in my condition, everything is a big deal. But I can only think of you know a couple times where I was realistically at peace you know momentarily but still something i remember to this day 
And then, funny enough, they were actually both in Japan. Uh, one on, I went to Japan twice, and it was once on each trip. And the first time, um, I was at a temple. And they, I can't remember what the hell this is called, and I'm not going to bother looking it up, but it's, you know, there's a little water fountain, it fills this bamboo tube, and once it's full, it kind of tips over, and, it, and once it empties, you know, it smacks down on uh, the wooden pedestal, or the rock, the rock pedestal it's on, it makes a clonking sound. And I watched that for a few minutes. Alright. And, you know, I guess it was a moment of zen. And the other was uh, on the train platform. You know, I was in Tokyo, and I was uh, heading to a distant district of Tokyo. So I was waiting for the train, and it was raining sleet? I, I don't know, it's like sleet, it's sleeting, raining sleet? I'll just call it raining sleet. I don't know. I don't give a shit if I'm wrong. But it was sleet. You know, it was snow, but it was like heavy, wet, like almost rain. And besides the sound of the sleet falling and you know, the touch of wind blowing. It was utterly quiet until the train came. And in those few moments, I don't know how long it was. There, were, there weren't that many people and we were all just kind of standing there getting buried in sleep. Yeah, that's the second time I found peace. And, you know, maybe that's a template for me to find peace now. Any case, uh, this is uh, you know been a, a darker episode, but thought it was appropriate given the conditions in my mind. So I'd like to thank you for listening. I so always curious why anyone listens to this. Besides Dennis, it, you know Dennis, you know what you signed up for. Uh, there's no reviewing recommendation uh, for this episode. I I just like to ask you know don't be like me. You know, try to find joy in life and find peace in your life. And if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, it's summertime. So it'll be summertime when this gets released. You know, go get some sun, right? Blow away the darkness, right? Like, uh, the time of this recording, it's uh, the end of March and the sun has come. And I've been doing that and it's helping a bit. So shake off. You know, those winter blues, the fight vestiges of winter blues, and get out there. So, this is your internet uncle. I'm wishing you well. And, well, should be a next one. Talk to you then.